Blue Gold Sports is rich in tradition and excellence. It's about the athletes, the coaches, the games, and the history. And it all rolls into one place. It's the Rollin' with the Golds podcast. Your official UWO Claire Blue Golds podcast. We made it to episode two. Rollin' with the Golds podcast. Made number two, man. Number two, Nick. Thanks, they, for, they're thanks for bringing us. me back. I was going to say they're allowing <laughs> us to to do this. Uh, to do this, I again, guess. So. I guess we did enough right things. Yeah. in the first episode, or we Apparently. didn't do enough wrong. Probably all things. Rob that you know gave us the oh, hundred percent credit over there. Too. Oh yeah. Or we could say we were the luck that gave him the you know for for the week one victory. Ah, say, it could you know, be. We might be setting the bar. That was quite the thriller. Pretty high. It I was. mean. What a way to, to kind of open up uh, our, our second episode with Rolling with the Golds podcast. Again, reminder, before we get into it, though, want to remind everybody to follow and subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcasting platform. And while you are there, too, like Apple or Spotify, uh, give it a positive review, five-star rating. That way, other people can find the podcast up there. Uh, so, But uh, thanks to everybody who have already rated it five stars and some positive reviews on there, too. So. And I want to give a quick shout-out to everybody who's you know emailed, texted us. Like The the amount of overwhelming support was, at least for me, mm-hmm. was a surprise. And it's not just coming from like coworkers in the departments. Like, it's coming from past alum who aren't in Eau Claire anymore, mm-hmm. who are out doing their own thing, or you know past players. Heck, even my mom texted <laughs> me. Like, So thank you, thank you, thank you, guys. This is something that, again, that we've kind of workshopped for a while. We mm-hmm. just want to bring these stories and and blue gold sports, you know, to yep. to the airwaves. Right, exactly. And I'm we'll, we'll kind of preview it here coming up here, but I'm excited that uh, our next conversation is going to be with uh, Coach Riley, Patrick Riley, the new baseball coach uh, over there too. So yeah, another, another newbie, yep. putting on the hot seat. But exactly. Again, a very very well versed and just excellent human being and mm-hmm. we kind of dive into a little bit um in the interview but just very much similar to rob as far as having an infectious yes attitude and and just positive all around and mm-hmm. absolutely good, good for the program absolutely so speaking of rob what a way to to kind of start off you know first uh first game as head coach of the blue golds and and come away with a victory with a last second field goal, field goal with a, just like seconds left on, on the clock. There was that you that took the video, but that uh, that was on uh, the Twitter. I saw the when he got the game ball uh, on there too. I mean, that had to be a special moment for him. I mean, for that whole team too. I mean, I I did not end up making it down to the locker room. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. um, I was rounding up media and making sure oh, yeah, doing your job. Yes, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I I would have loved to be in there, but. Mm-hmm. I just so well well deserved. Mm-hmm. I mean, the amount of work that him and his staff have put in the entire year, and they're definitely. I mean, it was a great win, and like typical Eau Claire fashion, right? Had to make it interesting, a little drama quarter, there, right? Yep, yep. As it always is, and yep. you know, in years past, we've kind of been on the other, other side, side of that, right? Yep. But um, yeah, holy cow, what a what a what a thriller it mm-hmm. was! I mean, from start to finish, everybody was. On their like up on their feet and mm-hmm. couldn't sit and made it worth it with that hot weather, you know, to be sitting through there. I and... can't believe the amount of people that stuck around. <laughs> like I was, I we were in the booth and I had brought my personal, you know, box fan from home. It was kind of just like this is the only way I'm making it through today. Yeah, I probably drank like five gallons of water, but like <laughs> it was, yeah, it between the heat and it was, it was great. Yeah. So yeah, congrats to Rob. Got win number one, but mm-hmm. you know. As like he told me right afterwards, he's like, yeah, "This is like 
thanks, but we're not done. Right. We're not done. And that's so. the mindset to have uh, right. at that point, too. But, I mean, that's got to be such a, I would imagine, a boost of confidence, too, for, for the players to start off on, on a note like that, too. And I think they still have that mindset. Yeah, we're not done. You know, it's not just a one-game sort of thing. But to have that confidence to kick off the season right away with a win like that. 100%. You know. Especially with a new coach in town. Like, you never mm-hmm. know how things are going to go. Right. Right? Like, you have an idea, especially, like, going through, like, fall camp, and I'm sure as they hit the first game, like, everybody knew like, kind of what it was going to be like. Mm-hmm. But until you get to that kickoff at 110, like, you, you really don't have an idea. And then as the game progresses and, you know, plays happen, the moment, momentum swings both ways, like... You kind of get a feel for it, but just talking to like some of the upperclassmen, like they were, they were happy and they were very glad mm-hmm. that you know they got their first win and it was at home, mm-hmm. right? To kind of get out of the way, and now you know they move on, move on to co this weekend and right. stuff like that. But overall, um, team played all right. Yeah, yeah. You had some. You, the the thing that honestly stands out to me personally is how many youngsters. Rookies, soft, freshmen, sophomores that came out of nowhere, right? Mm-hmm. Like um, Landon Tonsager, he was fourth, fifth on the depth chart when mm-hmm. we were kind of going over. Which, like, a little behind the scenes for everybody, uh, two deeps in football, mm-hmm. they're a joke. <laughs> <laughs> in my opinion, coming yep. from coming from an SID, yeah, like I doubt we'll change the two deep all year. Mm-hmm. It's just I, I don't understand why we do it, to be mm-hmm. honest with you. Um, because there's some coaches that literally don't change it. And then when we get to the games and I ask them, oh, hey, like, any changes? And they're crossing out half of the two deep. And it's like, right. oh, well, why didn't you send me if you knew yeah. these guys were out? That's why I've always said, like, depth charts taken with a grain of salt a 100%. lot of times. You know, it's like, okay, you know, it's there for a reference, but really, you know, how much of it is accurate? Like, pro level or college level at I that was, point. I think it was a couple of years ago. We, were, we went through a depth chart and I got out of coaches um, – Coach Bashaner's office, <laughs> and the 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 third cornerback that he had on the list, I actually saw in the hall on my way out on crutches. I'm like, yeah, he's not playing Saturday, <laughs> but good that you listed him on the two deep, right? <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I mean, Landon Tonsager was was outstanding. Um, Harry Harry just just found him every chance he he got, and we kind mm-hmm. of expected. Um, you know, Isaac Garcia had to kind of take that that number one role, but Landon stepped up. I mean, to get the first touchdown of the season to be your first collegiate touchdown, and for it to be that big of a play, right, was 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 great. And I think that confidence will will definitely transfer as mm-hmm. the season goes. Um, but I mean, even just even just talking to him, and I actually met his dad afterwards when he was doing local media, and his dad. That I'm, I'm sure his dad still has a huge smile on his face because mm-hmm. he was just so proud and and just. But it, it seems like everybody was was kind of clicking from the get go. And right. the, one, the other thing on the upside side of the ball is our defensive line. They look fast mm-hmm. and they look they look scary, right? Mm-hmm. Which like, I mean, nothing against Concordia, but I mean, it's definitely not a WIAC team, so you don't know how it's gonna transfer over when we hit, you know, conference play, and that's looked too far ahead. Mm -hmm. But, like, the defensive line struggled a little bit last year. Mm -hmm. It was not the same defensive line this year that Mm -hmm. we saw on Saturday. Completely different. And and so, you know, shout out Ricky Lang, defensive line coach. um, First year. I I know you uh, – 
uh, Rob mentioned him yes. uh, last in last week's episode too. Yeah. Yes. So I mean the entire again the entire staff. Congrats to Rob, but also I mean mm-hmm. from top to bottom. I mean two coordinators, their first time being coordinators, got their first win. Mm-hmm. Right, Kyle Nystrom, Ricky Lang, Devin Puck, Harrison Samoris, Carter Grant, Michael Becking. I'm probably missing somebody. I apologize, yeah. but yeah, congrats to all of you. Um, we're we're super happy. We're super ecstatic. Um, and I know for kind of it was kind of Jason's first win too, right? In a sense, like he had the family there and everything like that, and he was like he was all smiles all day too. Yeah, and I don't think he stood still. He was out walking around and conversing with people, and mm-hmm. he. It, I mean, he looked excited in that video. I saw you know he was retweeting everything on Twitter X, whatever we're calling it these days. It will be it. It, it, it will be Twitter. Yeah. I'm it, still, it'll like, be Twitter until they change the URL on me, but yep. it is it, it, it's it is still Twitter. It is Twitter. It's like the Chargers are still San Diego Chargers. For me. <laughs> uh, but, you know, you know, kind of going back to, to the offense, too. I mean, you know, last, past few years, you, you, you think of the Blue Golds run heavy, that sort of thing. Threw the ball over 40 times. Yeah. In this game, too. Well, and 300 yards through the air. Yeah. Right? And, like, that's we know that that harry has that has that in him mm-hmm. and you know when we did, during media scrum on monday like rob said they definitely would have ran the ball a little bit more we just missed some blocks and mm-hmm. and they started kind of just you know packing the box so right what do you do you start airing it out and yep it worked keeping them honest right a little bit there yeah so I, that was cool to see that i'm like wow you know over 300 yards of the air you mentioned uh, a landing already too with with the receiving and such but you know, because it's been a while. I think that uh, last time we saw maybe a aerial attack like this uh, from from a blue gold offense. Yeah, I'm trying to remember. I mean, you had Nick Kudik last year who mm-hmm. was was outstanding, and he had some games, but he battled injuries, right? You know, from week to week and and stuff like that. And I think the other good thing is is Harry getting into a good routine with our new offensive coordinator Bob Dunn. Mm-hmm. Um, Rob obviously speaks highly of all of his staff, but the work that Harry and honestly, all the quarterbacks, because that was the other thing, was like, Rob Rob is definitely a next man up type mm-hmm. of guy. And like, not to put any bad juju out there, but if for some reason Harry wasn't ready to go, the next guy up would be, would fit in perfect and mm-hmm. knows the scheme and nothing would change from everybody's roles. Mm-hmm. Right. So I, I definitely think it, it is nice to kind of see that, that, that air game. Um, but there's some very talented DBs in the Wyatt conference. So, yeah. um, you know, it's it's going to come down to, you know, who's who's going to who's going to make the, the least amount of mistakes once we hit Wyatt play. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do want to give a quick shout out, uh, Sam Schradel. Um, last two years, played defensive back for us. Mm-hmm. Switched to running back in the spring. Led the team in carries, didn't he? In that game, got his first collegiate touchdown. Yeah. So shout out to you, Sam. That's, that's sweet, man. That's that, when I was when I was talking to him during fall camp. I was like. Running the ball now—that's that's not something I saw coming. He's like, yeah, just that's what they want me to do, and it looks like it's it's paid off. And yeah, that is—I mean—that's the other thing that that'll be interesting this year is is who is. I mean, Rob again, next man up mentality. When it comes to the backfield, he doesn't want to put it on just one person, and he he's he's mentioned that he doesn't understand how how players can get 25 30 carries a game and play 10 games in a season mm-hmm. it's just almost unhealthy right? right so if you have if you have sam in the backfield along with ivan rubel right like that's again we've never seen a dual threat out of the backfield it's mm-hmm. been you know austin b lot the past couple of years yep. before that 
you know. Kind of the bell cow mentality right. with running the football. Yeah. Yep. So it was great. Um, yeah, because you met Sam, 11 carries, 76 yards. Uh, Ivan, 17 carries, uh, 41 yards, both with the touchdown on there, too. So sharing then, the load, man. Yeah, and then, again, uh, just speaking about youngsters, Peyton Erickson and Landon Westlow on the defensive side. Um, Erickson getting five solo tackles and Landon getting getting six with – Lennon had two solo sacks himself yeah. coming off that edge. Mm-hmm. And, like, it was – it's – so I, I – for those who don't know, I did stats, and I do – we'll do a lot of stats. Mm-hmm. And from time and time again, like, from year to year, you kind of – you when we're calling stats, you rec- obviously you recognize numbers. Right. Right? It's no different than, you know, the NFL in a sense. Yep. yep. Right? For, for how many years, if, if, if 18 caught the ball, it was – uh, Randall Cobb. Exactly, yeah. right? Yeah. So when you see, when, when you hear numbers for, for tackles and you don't really recognize them and you're like, we've called that number like five, six times now. Like, mm-hmm. who is this guy? Yep. Well, of course, it's a rookie that's <laughs> coming out and, and showing up on the big stage. So, mm-hmm. yeah, again, um, it was it was, it was was great. It was fun. Um, one last, you know, quick, quick shout out, Dan Zuli. I mean... That kid was 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 calm as ever. The kicker. Mm-hmm. I mean, when we when we talked to him afterwards, he had said he had, he had never had an opportunity in his high school or college career to kick a game winning field goal. You kind of wa- I was kind of wondering about that. Just like how nervous to to be in a situation like that. First game of the year, it's tied. You're at home. New head coach. You know, you're looking for your first win right away. I mean, does that go through your mind? As you're getting ready to make that kick, not and to mention Concordia iced them right. as they as they should. Yep. Um, he yeah he said nothing changed. He said he did his normal routine, went through went through his his warmups, gave his holder tray high five. Yep. It was it was yeah it was like clockwork for him. And he I marvel at people that can do that. Kind of like shut the noise off, or like uh, it's like uh, Kevin Costner says in For Love of the Game, clear the mechanism. Right. And he like shuts off Yankee Stadium crowd booing him and all that. I'm like, I'm so jealous of people that can you know just do that. I'm such a mental person. Golf. Oh, you don't even me. You don't time. even want to don't <laughs> even want to see me on the golf course. Like it's like and that's where you you wonder where like if where where Dan applies some of that stuff mm-hmm. in in the rest of his life, whether it's in class or at work or, right. you know, during other hobbies or sports and stuff like that. Yep. So, yeah, it was to, to just hear his side of things, and mm-hmm. that was definitely a special special kick for him. Absolutely. So, overall, again, great team win. Um, mm-hmm. they, they know that they didn't play the best of games, but... But that's a coach's dream, right? You get a win, but there's stuff to work on. Exactly. Yeah. You know. And they're going to have their work cut out for them this this weekend against Co. Mm-hmm. Um, on the road, first road trip. Yeah, that's the other thing. It's like Rob's like, well, it's our f- it's our first road game, so traveling will be interesting. Yeah, so they're leaving the night before. They'll stay down in Cedar Rapids, and mm-hmm. yeah, so Co. College uh, on the road there. So um, that'd be pretty sweet. They come back and get another win, hopefully on there. That, that's 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 the hope. Let's I mean, Coast coming off a big uh, fifty point road win against yeah. Cornell. Um, they had some big plays, so um, yeah, I mm-hmm. I think if, if they just kind of tighten up, and that's the other side of it, right? You, I mean, you look at how points were scored against us. I mean, a, a DB loses his footing and falls down, right? Right, it's a couple missed assignments, and that's why you you know you're seeing these big passing mm-hmm. plays against us, right? 
Was there? I mean, kid doesn't trip. It's, right. It's not a touchdown. Right. He's got his guy. And the, I mean, to be real, to, there's no preseason games. You know, to to kind of get that live game action. You know, going in. Right. Yes, you can practice and, and, and all that sort of stuff. But you know, to come away with with a victory right away, man. And then you got Bethel. I know next week. Uh, you know, not to look too far ahead, but before the Wyack, uh before the Wyack, um, uh schedule right. comes out here too. And I just want to kind of put it out there too with with the Bethel one. Because it's did I see that it's also the 2008 uh, softball national champion recognition yes. game for for that? So I wanted to make sure to get that out there for people to kind of plan that. Yes, definitely, definitely swing by the national championship team will be out and about. I believe they are coming early to help mm-hmm. to help tailgate a little bit because that's when um, I was in school. That team, I graduated well, '09, so I know Michelle Butkus was. Uh, part of that team and I graduated high school with her so nice. shout out Michelle if you're listening so <laughs> so yeah it'll it'll be it'll be fun and it's the first um it's it's our blue gold welcome mm-hmm. so a lot of, a lot of because it, it this weekend was hard because Saturday was also move-in day for a lot right. of the, the the first years and freshmen yep so like when we were trying to work it out with like the university they were just like well what if we just do like the next home game and we're like mm-hmm. yeah, that's fine yep. so yeah you know, you got number sixteen ranked Bethel mm-hmm. coming into town. Yep. Again, not to look too far ahead, but that'll be the next mm-hmm. home adventure. And just l- would love to love to see everybody out there. And mm-hmm. um, one last quick shout out, and I need to stop giving out praises no, like they're candy. <laughs> but um, I mean, as as per usual, and to no one's surprise, uh, the Blue Gold Marching Band BMB. Mm-hmm. You guys are awesome. Yep. You guys, you guys bring the heat during halftime. Even when it was hot, I was going to say bring in more heat, <laughs> right? Um, but you, you guys are are phenomenal. We mm-hmm. we love you. Keep 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 doing your thing. Keep rocking, and, guys. Yeah. I mean, they're over four hundred. That's year. insane. Because isn't it still one of the biggest ones like in the country or something yeah. like that? You know, it's it's always been huge. It's always. I remember watching them at uh, at Packer games. Yeah, at, at halftime. Well, and they've and in the years in the past couple of years they've done. I mean, they've done like the Rose Bowl parade. Right, and they've done some huge. Huge events and mm-hmm. yeah, so Randy Dickerson and his crew and yeah, all the BNB. You guys are awesome. Absolutely, we love you. I many times walking uh, walking across the bridge and then going to Water Street. I know it's changed down there now, but seeing them practice in that little field that was right next to uh, is it uh, Haas? Yes, uh, over yep. there. So, um, gosh, I remember just and it was just packed. Like I'm just like, holy cow! I remember as a student how just big and it was. It's amazing. Uh, to see it, and I know I, I've watched them a couple times at uh, back in the day when they were actually at a Packer game doing it at yeah. halftime earlier in the season too. So knew a couple people on there, so it was really cool. So really yeah, cool. overall good opening weekend at home. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody else was was on the road, yeah. right? You had you had volleyball out at, in L.A. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, kind of beat up on on Whittier game one. Took it to Claremont the second game. Uh, you know, number three Claremont Mud Scripts. They won the first set twenty five eighteen, and then kind of just ran into some injury injury trouble mm-hmm. ended up dropping 3-1 against Claremont and um 3-0 against Pomona Pitzer which Pomona Pitzer was a bubble team against mm-hmm. the NCAA so um they're rolling through some injuries but they got St. Ben's tonight which is always a a good showing between those two teams right. um St. Ben's knocked us out of the NCAA tournament 2019 yeah 2019 mm-hmm. so so yeah um they're they're rolling, getting ready. Um, they open up at home next week, Wednesday against Bethel. Okay. So 
which, which I'm happy for. Mm-hmm. Um, selfishly, that we get a duel before the Sandy Schumacher tournament because right. that Schumacher tournament can get crazy. And we added an extra court this year. Ooh. And there's a football game okay. and a men's soccer game <laughs> and a women's soccer game that day. So you're saying you're going to be busy that day? Um, if anybody sees me with a smile on my face, might want to take a picture because I don't know how long it's going to last because I'm going to be running around with my head cut off. But it, yeah, the 16th will be will be will be fun. Yeah, it, it'll, it'll be a good day. And mm-hmm. um, so yeah, there plenty of stuff to go catch that day if you're looking for something. I mean, if you're not at a Blue Gold event, what are you doing? Right. There's there's so many options and yep. so many good matchups and mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. Uh, one of them too. Uh, you mentioned kind of a little bit men's soccer. Uh, kind of getting underway here too, and I know they got a big game coming up here uh, against uh, University of Chicago. Yes, well. number one team in the country, number University? one national champions last year, mm-hmm. went undefeated. Man, so and they're big kind of, early test. They're not. I mean, they're they're all right. I mean, they obviously they're playing as as the number one, mm-hmm. which which you expect. Um, but yeah, men's soccer on a roll, one on one. Yes, there's ties in soccer. No, I do not understand it. For those listening, <laughs> I still to this day wish that they would just do a penalty shootout and get it over with, but that'll come um, next year when they're in a conference for the WIAC. Gotcha. Right, because mm-hmm. the conference shares a little bit of my right. <laughs> frustration with that. Yep. And, and so, um, so yeah, it's 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 been kind of a rough start. I mean, I don't want to mm-hmm. say, I, don't, I shouldn't say rough start, because uh, Casey Holm in his third year has, has done a tremendous job, mm-hmm. and there, I mean, they beat up on Scholastica last week, six one, seven one, something like that. I mean, and it was goals and flurries. Like I could could barely keep up, and had a tough one against Superior um, on Sunday. Ended up their goalie ended up playing the ball outside the box with his hands, so he ended up getting a red card. So they're playing with you know ten men mm. for thirty three minutes, and that's when Superior ended up equalizing and yeah. Just, you know, it's just one of those games where, you know, after talking with Casey, everything went against them. Like, they just, they they had so many opportunities, and they just couldn't seem to find just that, that extra one to, mm-hmm. to put it away. Right. So, um, they're, they're over at McAllister uh, today, not to, again, not to get too far ahead of ourselves, but, yeah, going down to Chicago, um, you know, Chicago was just recently uh, up here. Um, they were over in Minnesota. I played Gustavus and St. Olaf, two you know, very high-ranking regional teams. Um, beat St. Olaf 4-2. Mm-hmm. Um, I watched that game. Should not have been 4-2. Honestly, I believe St. Olaf should have won. A couple of mistakes by the the goalkeeper Okay. Um, from on St. Olaf's side. Look so, at you sc- uh, scouting the opponents, too. I, 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 I kind of know a lot of people in the yeah. soccer world, so I like know the coach at St. Olaf and mm-hmm. Text him on a daily basis, and yeah, and was just, it was it was his first game. He, he's a first year head coach over there. Okay, so it was just like you know, you open the year against Chicago, you'll have some fun with that. <laughs> and they say no, looks actually kind of scary this year. Um, but then you know you got number eight. Uh, then Chicago went to Gustavus, tied them two two. So I mean they've proven that they're definitely definitely beatable. They mm-hmm. definitely can get scored on. That was the thing that last year that Chicago just proved to the world is they just. You couldn't score on them, no matter what you threw it. I mean, you could throw all ten guys plus your goal, all eleven, if you really wanted to. Mm-hmm. You couldn't score on them. So, right this year, they've shown that you know they're susceptible to to certain counterattacks, and mm-hmm. so Saturday's going to be it's going to be a fun game to watch. So you've been, I mean, obviously you've been around here for for the few years, but you know, and, and they've been up here for the last couple of years. But how much of a difference do you think it's made playing at Simpson Field? You know, with that new turf up there, with with these games. 
It is. It, it, I. It, it's outstanding. Yeah. It. I mean, and going from Bollinger, where, I mean, it, it was it was nice for a grass field, mm-hmm. but it wasn't as nice as it probably could have been. Mm-hmm. It could have been kept up a little bit more and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, the problem is, is just the amount of use it got because it wasn't just women's soccer that was using it. Right. It was the club teams and some intramurals and stuff like that. Yep. Where like. Um, I had a f- friend of mine who's on the coaching staff over at the U of M. They have they they plant a grass field, but right next to it they have a practice field. Mm-hmm. Nobody, and I mean nobody, not even during walkthroughs or anything, is anybody allowed on that grass field that they play on yep. unless it's game day. Yep, and like that's that's how you keep it up. That's yep. how you. I'm having flashbacks of high school and my high school football coach having signs all around the field during the season. You're not allowed to be on there <laughs> until it's actually Friday right, but, night. But, you know? but so then you bring in Simpson Field, which I mean, again, you you, you look at how many pe- how many you know organizations and, and teams use it. You know, not not mm-hmm. only is it soccer, it's football, it's lacrosse. Heck, the band was out there a couple times this year. Yep. Um, and then you get intramurals. Like having Simpson is great, and we got some bleachers out there now, so people yep. don't have to bring out their folding chairs. And just, I'm thinking too, for the students on campus, the ease to just walk on over there, you know, upper campus, dorms or something like that, or even the players, you know, McPhee's right there. Well, and, and even last night, um, we can dive in a little bit to women's soccer, but um, women's soccer ho- hosted St. Kate's. It wasn't supposed to be their home opener, but we had a little bit of ven- a venue change due to the heat and mm-hmm. and stuff like that. I mean, we were just I, – I had to kind of park a little far away because I had to run and grab something before game time. And you can you can hear the the, mu- the pregame music from the dorms. Yeah. And, like, there was – we probably had probably 170, 180 people out there. Awesome. And a lot of them students. Like – and you, you, you obviously you, – I mean, for me, it's easy to, to pick out the student athletes, right? Right. Like, I saw men's soccer there. Football team was there. Yeah. Um, but, like, there was – there had to be just some, like j- – just general students that probably again either heard the music or mm-hmm. had just looked online and see you know it's a it's a Tuesday night is there anything right. going on and yeah so right it, on it, campus too yeah nope. well and until once I mean once football gets back on campus it's going to be a mm. a game changer oh yeah oh yeah big time we'll get to that though probably at another time <laughs> hit that one up so. yeah <laughs> that's that's down the line so um, but yeah. Uh, Women's soccer, one one and one, uh, went out, uh, played in the Baptista tournament out in Wheaton over the weekend. Um, won their first game, tied their second. Um, again, they look they look good. They're battling injuries a little bit too. Mm-hmm. Um, ended up losing one nil last night off an own goal. Just, I mean, they they, I didn't look at the stats completely, but I think they controlled possession like seventy five percent of the time. Wow. Okay. Like and then those are the heartbreaking ones to lose. Right. Is you you outshoot a team like eight to three and you have right. you have you 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 control most of the game, you just can't find the back of the net yeah. and exactly. Of course, of course, it's a cross that goes off a defender and into the back of the net against you that you're just like, oh, <laughs> no. But they'll bounce back. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have two games this weekend: St. Ben's Saturday, St. Norbert Sunday, and then yeah, men's soccer. Opens up or their home openers on Monday mm-hmm. against Northland. So, yep, busy times. Absolutely, and everybody's back on campus too. So it's even more. Yeah, like I mean, what? Just first classes yesterday. You said uh, opening up I for think today or today? Orientation was yesterday. Okay, 
for there was a lot of students mm-hmm. walking around yesterday. Yeah. Um, but nobody had backpacks on, which okay. makes leads me to believe it was orientation. Gotcha. But I believe classes do start today, the sixth. Okay. So. So now it's really into full gear. Well, I mean, yeah. syllabus week though. That's true. Come on, we both know that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, the syllabus week. Oh, my goodness. That's bringing back some memories. I, I will say this. I do miss being on campus. That's what I, I kind of envy you, too. Like, I miss that environment. Like, I would love to do something. Like, if I – everybody asks if you could do something all over again, what would be – my one goal, you got to help me with this. I want to teach a sports history class. Sports history. Yes. Sports history class. I got a history minor from UW-Eau Claire. Just saying. I took the public history classes and uh, uh, Professor Duckworth. Oh, yeah. That, I, that was some of my best favorite classes. I think I know some strings I could pull. Come on now. This is a bucket list. I don't want to get your hopes up because. I am a history nerd, a history buff. Like there's a, oh, gosh, don't let me go down this rabbit hole right now. But like where campus is at, mm-hmm. they used to like back in the early 1900s, that's where they played football and baseball. It was like uh, really? there was a park over there, and one of the best players in, in the city, Wisconsin players, all-time football players, his name's Howard Buck. Cub Buck was his nickname, and that's where he played high school football. He's from Eau Claire. But here's a fun fact. He played, he was a, I mean, back in the day, a lineman, so he, was with, he played for the Badgers. He was Curly Lambeau's first free agent signing for the Packers, and he was the first head coach in history for the Miami Hurricanes, football coach. Wow. Yeah. See? Like, there's that cool stuff. We could like, just go down a rabbit hole. <laughs> 100%. That's like, oh, I love that stuff. But that's, you know, I found out that's where they kind of played was right before campus was all built up. There was baseball and football fields over there. So Yeah. And obviously it's completely changed. Completely yeah. different. That's why I was trying to, like, map it out. I'm like, okay, so it's kind of by Putnam Park and then right. the creek over there sort of thing. So, but. Man, I I love campus. Yeah, so well, much. And, and like we we talked about last episode, I mean, it's just ever changing. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously Simpson Field will we'll hopefully get that you know that grandstand here in the next couple of years, and yep. some, finishing a Sonatag, and not even on the athletic side, but the the new science building in partnership yeah. with Mayo, like that thing. I I'm excited for that to be done because I don't I don't think people understand how like. I want to see it when it opens because I had, like, biology and and physics in Phillips, and I just want to see the difference in in that thing. It's going to be a a game changer mm -hmm. for sure. Man, it's still hard for me to fathom how much has changed over there, too. Yeah, and it's for the the best. Oh, it absolutely is. You talk about recruiting for athletes, Kind of like for enrollment too, isn't it? Right. You know, well, and that's the thing. And... Thing at Division Three. I mean, we can't offer scholarships, so mm-hmm. it's the next best, best thing you can offer is you know a nice fancy home. And... Yep, exactly. All right, people probably want to hear Coach now, Coach Patrick Riley. Yeah, sure. Baseball. He <laughs> just kind of downplayed it right there. Yeah, sure, whatever. You know, Patrick. He's fine. I guess. <laughs> uh, so I'm excited for this, obviously, too, because you know baseball is big and. Big in the Chippewa Valley and the Eau Claire area, too. So a lot of excitement still with this program. Still fairly new uh, program uh, coming up here, too, or with the, with the baseball team. Yeah, just uh, they're in their third year. Mm-hmm. I, I, it seems like it's been like five or six, to be honest with you. Right. Um, but, yeah, in their third year, um, I, I think what, what Coach Riley brings to the table is just a different mindset. Um, and one of the things that 
I, I first learned about him, and he made very adamant was nobody's going to outwork him. He's going to awesome. He's going to outwork everybody, and that's how he's going to he's going to bring success. So um, he's got we 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 talked a little bit about it. He's got some couple ties to some very well known names around the area, which mm-hmm. I think is important. Yep. Um, coming down, um, he was just recently at uh, Winona State for yep. and recruited this area a lot. Too. Yes. <laughs> so he's very familiar with the. Young talent in this area. Yes. I, I caught him off guard when we first had him on campus because I'm from Winona. Okay. And so I, I asked him when, when he first got in the office, I said, oh, so how was, uh, how was Highway uh, 93 on your way up? And he kind of looked at me and he's like, you know 93? I'm like, I'm from Winona, dude. Like, <laughs> I could drive that with my eyes closed. I really needed to going through Arcadia and Lady mm-hmm. Smith and all that. So. Oh, boy. Yeah. Good memories there, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. All right, well, let's get to it. We're going to take a quick break, and then uh, coming up, our conversation with the new baseball coach, Patrick Riley. Yes, sir. After these quick messages. BSN Sports, a proud supporter of Blue Gold Athletics, is the largest provider of team sports equipment and apparel in the country, with more than 40 sales pros that live and service schools in every corner of Wisconsin and beyond. BSN would like to thank all the supporters of Blue Gold Athletics, that share our passion for enhancing the student experience. While BSN Sports is the best at equipping athletes, coaches are the best at equipping lives, and that's the real final score. Learn more about how BSN can save you time off the field and court, giving you more time to impact lives of student-athletes. Contact your local BSN Sports sales pro today or visit bsnsports.com. Let's raise a glass to the greatest gas rewards program. We're excited to share Festival Foods Gas Rewards includes beer, wine, spirits, and more. So everyone can load up the cart with their favorite beverages and load up on rewards for quick trip gas. Our aisles are stocked with everything from local breweries and international wineries to craft cocktail kits and refreshing seltzers. So get ready to fill up and save big. Cheers to that. Festival Foods, local since 1946. Milwaukee Burger Eau Claire is the perfect place to smash some post-game bloodies, beers, and of course, burgers. Superior service complements our golf ball-sized cheese curds, monstrous burgers, and an over-the-top beer selection, all served with scanitude the way it should be. Milwaukee Burger Eau Claire. Coach number two for our Rolling with the Golds podcast. We've got head coach Patrick Riley, the new baseball coach for the UW-Eau Claire Blue Golds. And uh, Nick, when we were kind of talking about who was going to be the next one, next coach to, to be talking with, uh, well, this one kind of seemed like a natural one too. You know, baseball kind of you know in the off season for for college right now, right. but a new coach coming in too. And a lot of we, I mean, a theme in our first episode was a lot new era, right? right. Excitement. Kind of the same thing with uh, with Coach Riley here cool. too, and, and with how with how popular football and baseball are in this area, mm-hmm. those those sports aside, when we when we obviously we brought in Rob in like March, mm-hmm. when we brought in Patrick, I I actually I was like these two guys they think alike, they kind of had that same championship mindset, mm-hmm. and I told them both whether they knew it or not, I told them both separately. I said, hey, you need to talk, you need to get with you know. Patrick, you need to get with Rob. Rob, you need to get with Patrick. And just start bouncing ideas off each other. You're both new. Mm-hmm. We both have this, like, this infectious, you know, just 
want to rah-rah that everybody, yeah, you know. That personality. It, right, so, exactly, yeah. right? And I think you guys actually possibly have some mutual friends here or there, but... But yeah, it's and that was one of the things when when, we were, when you and I were chatting, like why not just get him, you know, back to back right off right. the bat, and exactly, you know, kind of welcome welcome him into the Chippewa Valley and keep setting the bar high for other coaches to come. Exactly. In here, right? <laughs> so, uh, Patrick, now after you had to hear all that, so welcome to to the podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. This is great. Uh, very exciting times for the program. Exciting times for my family. Mm-hmm. Um, and Nick, uh, <laughs> Nick is correct. We connected a little bit uh, while I was at Winona State. Um, they ended up hiring a new football coach, Brian Bergstrom, um, who knows Rob as well. So just those nice. connections and, and having the ideas, similar ideas, is something that's exciting, um, mm-hmm. not only for our program, but their program and the entire athletic department as well. Yeah, definitely. So coming in, you, you've been on the job for for a couple months yet. Has it kind of hit you yet that uh, you're going to be leading this program, the second coach, you know, and would it, is it technically like a program or coach in program history, Nick, or just kind of the, with the new era there? I, I mean, wouldn't. I wouldn't. Not in program history, okay. right? Because we've had it before. Previous. Yep. Yeah, I can dig that up. But like since we use the term, we it since back. we brought it back, yeah. right? Because there was a lot. Like I know last year when one of our guys either pitched like a no hitter or pitched pitched perfect game, we were digging through the history books and we we're like, you know, is this truly like the first one in program history? Or right? And so then we just coined it. First one since we brought it back. Right. right? Yep. <laughs> That's a good way to do that. So, uh, Patrick, uh, you know, coming in, what's been your first impressions so far? I mean, you know, I was kind of joking with you off the air when uh, Northwoods League was going on and we had Dale Varshow in and, and he was raving about you. He said, Love Patrick. This is awesome. Are you going to try to recruit his kid now to come over? Or <laughs> well, it's funny. Uh, what's funny is he actually uh, he's going to Winona State, my yeah, old school. Yep. Um, so now I wouldn't uh, with NCAA rules and all that. Now I right. wouldn't uh, stick with that. But uh, again, great, great people, and kind of going back to the excitement about this job. Um, essentially, I've been to Eau Claire a lot. Obviously, mm-hmm. traveling up here from a recruiting standpoint, um, have some great contacts here. Individuals that I recruited, like Zach Stang from Eau Claire North, oh, wow. um, Cooper, Cooper Kapanke from Eau Claire Memorial. Um, Dane Weiland from Chippewa Falls, all people who played at Winona State and I got to know. Mm-hmm. So you start putting things together and you're like, these are great human beings. They're great people, great families. I have the opportunity to move my family up here. Mm-hmm. Um, my wife and I are, are big sports people. We have a four-year-old daughter and a one-year-old son. So timing-wise, um, that made sense. Mm-hmm. So there's just a lot of things that started to fall into place that were like, this is a great opportunity. Right. Um, and, and the time I spent... Um, with Jason Verdugo and the administrative staff in the athletic department, uh, there are just a lot of pieces that just continue to continue to be positive. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I'm currently still living in Winona, getting that all figured out. So I right. have a lot of time when it comes to driving uh, that hour and twenty hour and thirty minute drive where you just turn the radio off and think. Mm-hmm. And I was, I was trying to find reasons not to take the job. Just that's kind of the human nature, I think, in people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I couldn't. Everything was positive from mm-hmm. my interactions with Chancellor Schmidt to the athletic department um, to the limited amount of uh, conversations I had with student athletes. They were all positive. Um, mm-hmm. And for me, my family just made a lot of sense. How much did like, because you mentioned you, you spent a lot of time recruiting up here. We have we know about it, the the history. I mean, going down to Little League, you have, you know, the, the 15 U's that just went to, yeah. to the World Series. Legion, I know Mark Faunus with the Legion program. And, you know, we, we joke with Dale, but Dale with, yeah. with the Express and such. How much did that kind of factor into your decision to, to come up here, too? Yeah, it was huge. And I got to spend a little bit of time on the phone with Mark. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't reach out to Dale right away just because of kind of prior knowledge of the son going to Winona State. Yep. Um, 
but Mark was awesome. Um, he essentially said, come on up if you want to meet, uh, if you want to talk, uh, even before mm-hmm. the interview process. Um, so just the history of Eau Claire baseball here is something that's super exciting. Mm-hmm. But then that falls on my shoulders. I need to keep these individuals in the area. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's something that I'm excited about and have had uh, kind of a good track record of doing that. Yeah. Um, and it's something that I have to do if we want to be good. It feels like, too, Nick, uh, if you want to jump in, it almost feels like a sleeping giant with the amount of baseball talents, you know, in this area. And, you know, just maybe a little bit outside of Eau Claire, too. You know, a lot of these youngsters, because they've – grown up in little league and playing at high levels already it just seems like it's almost kind of a sleeping giants it really perhaps. is and then you, you look at some i mean you just mentioned like th- three guys from the area that are going off and playing d2 ball mm-hmm. right and like when we were ch- when we were chatting like is that what it's going to take to get us kind of back into the mix of the yac tournament is you maybe get some of those d2 caliber guys that might not see you know as much of the field at that level and just say hey you know, if year one doesn't work out, you want to come back and, mm-hmm. you know, really start something special and kind of, you know, push this in gear and get us going. And we, we've you see that with, with all different kinds of sports. So one of the ones, um, shout out Matt Lone in men's hockey, he does that all the time, right? Kids deciding between, you know, a, D, a top D3 school or a D1 school. Mm-hmm. Let's them go off to D1. It's not what the kid thought it was. Comes back to D3 and te- absolutely tears it up. It's like, well, this is... <laughs> This is what I was trying to preach to you, but, right? Yep. So I, I think, I think, I think your connections here in this area, and just again, your, your infectious personality mm-hmm. is going to be great. Because let's, I mean, let's call again, let's call a spade a spade. You look at the roster for the past, you know, two three years. Not many local kids on that roster, mm-hmm. which I mean is good and bad, right? There's there's other talent out there out, outside the Chippewa Valley, mm-hmm. but why aren't you know? Let's let's take a good hard look at those kids and get those you know those playmakers and those difference makers that are from the area. Keep them around town and you right. know, truly, you know, keep pushing that pride of Eau Claire baseball. Exactly. So, Patrick, I want to learn a little bit more about uh, your history, if you don't mind. Here, uh, you kind of mentioned a little bit uh, with your family, but give us a little bit of background. You know, where are you from? Your your playing career. Uh, I, I I read it uh, online, but for anybody listening right now, just kind of give us a little bit of your background and baseball background too. For sure. Yeah, born and raised in Iowa City, Iowa, and I've had that struggle living in Winona, and I know I will in Eau Claire as well. I'm a big Hawkeye fan. Oh, boy. Um, so that's, that's tough. Um, but live probably five-ish miles away from Kinnick Stadium, so mm-hmm. grew up with that. Um, so I was very kind of spoiled when it came to living in a college town. Yeah. There's always athletics going on. So I think that's one reason that kind of piqued my interest in pursuing a path that got to be around college athletics. Um, ended up going to Iowa City Regina, um, then eventually went to Loris College, a Division three school in Dubuque, Iowa. Um, love my time there. Just fantastic experience with fantastic people. Uh, mm-hmm. It was something that uh, really kind of allowed me to grow up as well, which was fun. Um, then went to uh, kind of worked in the, I'd say, business world for about a year. Uh, realized that wasn't what I necessarily <laughs> wanted to do with my degree. Um, and then ended up going up to Winona State, uh, getting my master's there while coaching with Kyle Polk, uh, kind of a Winona legend. Mm-hmm. He uh, was at Winona State for quite some time as a dual sport athlete, uh, assistant coach and a head coach. I was fortunate that uh, I kind of tricked him into letting me be around the team a little (laughs) bit, uh, fully in a volunteer role. Uh, And then just timing was was really key for me. Um, We happened to make it to the national championship game my, I think it was, second year there. Um, And then just through transition, the assistant coach at the time ended up, because it was a fantastic year, ended up getting a head coaching job. Um, And I transitioned into the full-time role. Um, Mm -hmm. 
and then have been there since. Uh, and then essentially that was 2010 and 2011 as kind of a volunteer type role. And 2011 that summer went to full time um, and just again I was there for a long time. And a lot of people are like, why would you stay as an assistant that, at a place that that long? But absolutely loved working with Kyle Polk. Um, he let me coach. He let me be myself. Um, and then just from a timing standpoint, uh, this is a, a role now that I'm in that I'm very excited about for mm-hmm. not only myself, but my family too. You, you, there was a part where you mentioned, you know, you were a year in the the, the business world and then yeah. you went to, to coach. And I, I love hearing stories like that because it, you took a risk, right? You, you took a risk to leave the to the business world and the volunteer yeah. coach aspect and, and look where you're at now. And I think that's so relatable to, to sports world too, to take that risk and and, and make that leap of faith almost too. Yeah, and that's something that I would push a lot on young coaches is don't don't give up because um, mm-hmm. it's something where it's tough financially at times. Yeah. Um, again, shout out to my parents for being helpful in, mm-hmm. in certain times where it's like, hey, I'm not making really any money or not much at all. I gotta I need to pay for rent still. <laughs> yep. um, so those young coaches that are out there, is this my path? Is this not my path? Um, again, if you have passion for it, it eventually will work out. Uh, you might take some lumps along the way, but that's something that I hopefully can get involved in <clears throat> in the future with like the ABCA, American Baseball Coaches Association, is talking with younger coaches about those type of things that mm-hmm. not everybody's getting the LSU or Vanderbilt job immediately. Uh, right. There's some, some, some things you got to do uh, kind of buy your time, but mm-hmm. um, I'm in a great spot right now and really happy about it. Well, and I know you, you volunteered at the D2 level, but like that's almost like the Division three model to a T. Right, I mean, you look at you look at all our coaching staffs, and I mean, we don't have the budget like you know University of Minnesota or the Badgers do, mm-hmm. as far as you know paying that many coaches. There's so many coaches that we have on staff that are volunteer, and why do they do it? They do it for you know the student athletes. You, know, you look at you look at Chip Schneider and his track and field staff. I think they have like eleven or twelve. It is insane, and how many of those are actually paid? They're not many. Mm-hmm. They're all volunteer because they either are again former Blue Golds alumni. Like we've talked about, right? Right. Yep. Or they just they they love the sport and they love to see others succeed in it, and that's they want to do whatever they can to make sure others are also you know succeeding and having fun with it. And again, that's that's Division Three too, right? <laughs> yep. On the dot, right? Yep. It's, I, I, the the word that keeps flashing in my head is like the passion, passionate, right. you know, and, and Division Three athletes, coaches, or, or or anybody at that level. That's the word that keeps kind of flashing in my mind. Right? Is that passionate, sir? Uh, so Patrick, after college, you, you got that, you got this job. You got to tell us about your, your family though, too. Here, uh, you, you mentioned you're married. You got a couple kids, uh, young ones over there too. Uh, mine just started first grade today, okay. so I'm my dad. Mine is kind of like a little yeah. bit worried about him. Tough, still, <laughs> tough send him away. That's, I know. Like I know kindergarten, kindergarten was rough for me, but now you put first. It's like almost a countdown now to like, oh no, he's going to be out and graduating and that. We'll say though on that clipboard, you know, they always fill out. Said he wants to be a baseball player, so I'm just putting Ooh, that in your ear right yeah. now. So yeah, I don't want to break any NCAA rules. I can't start recruiting. <laughs> right. At some point, we'll, uh, I guess prior prior knowledge uh, right. of knowing the family, so maybe that'll help. He did say yeah. he wants to pitch and hit, so I'm saying the next Otani might be right it. here. Yeah, just... I love it. That's cool. That's cool. No, so from a family standpoint, um, my wife Heather, uh, she's a teacher in the school district in Winona. Mm-hmm. Um, essentially, met her in Winona. Um, she. Uh, was a student athlete at Winona State as well. Um, she played tennis. Mm-hmm. She actually coached tennis at Winona State for I think it was nine years. Okay. Um, so again, understands the coach life, yep. uh, and that that has been awesome. I owe her the world. Um, and then also, um, kids. Uh, Emma's four. She's uh, in like pre-K essentially daycare type yep. setup. Um, and then my son Pierce. Um, he's about a year and a half. 
Um, so he's just getting to moving around. And mm-hmm. uh, if they want to be involved in sports, I'll definitely uh, play catch with them, all that kind of stuff. But uh, yep. if they have other passions, I'll, I'll, have, I'll have their back in that as well. Absolutely. So where did your where would you say your baseball background, your passion for sports, kind of develop? Was that something growing up? Uh, was yeah. it was it your your family, or, or where did that develop? For yeah, you? I would just say my family in general. Um, my dad was one that was always like. If you want to play catch, let's play catch. And I don't mm-hmm. know how many times I asked him to play catch, and he came home from work day, and he still wanted to play catch. Yeah. Um, so I would say him. Obviously, my siblings as well, they were involved in sports. I've got an older brother and older sister. Um, and just some little things that kind of gave me passion for college sports and college baseball in general. Um, but my my mom's family is from Council Bluffs, Iowa, which is right across the river from Omaha. Um, college World Series is obviously there. Yeah. Um, I don't know how many years I went to that in my first 38 years of life, if I had to guess, it's probably 30 to 31 times, wow. 32 times. Um, I had gone on a streak for a while, but I think we went like 20 years in a row. Nice. Um, so then again, being around Omaha, being around that, yep. um, honestly being super spoiled by my grandparents <laughs> and my parents in that sports realm, mm-hmm. um, that definitely led to it. And then again, living in Iowa City when you're that close to Kinnick Stadium and I don't know how many football games at Kinnick I went to and basketball games and wrestling meets. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think there's just a kind of culmination of quite a few things that right. were kind of steer steerheaded by my parents. Yeah, that's awesome. Did you play baseball growing up? Did I play baseball? Yeah. Uh, little League, yeah. Little League. Yep, T-ball and Little League. Yeah. I played up until seventh grade, and I got hit in the head with a pitch, and I traded in the bat for golf clubs so <laughs> the rest of history so that's yeah. about the time i switched to golf too yeah, yeah well, it was little league there but that's like you know and not to throw anybody under the bus but like growing up as a kid little league that's where you wish there was like it was it was so hard to find coaches you know it's a, it was usually a parent volunteer or something mm-hmm. like that and i loved to pitch and and i thought it was decent but you know there was no like hey off day it was like throwing every day and there was a point where like i couldn't my elbow yeah. was just like was killing me and that sort of thing and and that's where i you know you kind of wonder if like you know down at that little league level where i grew up and you mm-hmm. know there wasn't you know it was just whoever had time at that day to, to help coach essentially you know and, and especially with the youth it's a little bit slower paced than they're used to they like know. to run around and um, when we have camp i feel like kids are jumping off the walls all those type of things so you know a sport like soccer maybe makes a little bit more sense for a younger kid because they can mm-hmm. burn off a little bit of energy or a sport like baseball you got to be patient um, there's some things too when you're younger that gripping a bat and swinging in the cold weather that hurts your hands a little bit. Yeah. Um, so there's some some pieces of it that I I get why um, it's a little bit more challenging for younger mm-hmm. kids, but it's something that I'll definitely try hard here to engage our team, our student yeah. athletes with the youth and get them to get excited about playing baseball. And I still think it's you know baseball has this nostalgia about it too. You know when it's opening day, you know it's my favorite movie of one of my favorite movies of all time is still The Sandlot. You know I grew up going to my grandma's watching that pulling it out of the drawer of the vhs and popping it in and you know that still gives me memories of like playing in the backyard well you know with my buddy we draw up lineups i was always like okay ken griffey jr that means i got a bat left-handed you know all that sort of stuff and there's still that nostalgia i, I think when it comes to baseball too and, and speaking about that you know we have we have a very historic you know, place here in town. Yep. I still tell I don't know how many people actually realize it. Uh, I think it was last year or the year before, the MLB's, like, opening day video, Carson Park was featured in that. Yep. They, they must have flown out here and, or, or somebody got footage. And, mm-hmm. you know, to see that alongside, you know, the next clip is, you know, Bush Stadium or, or right. you know, Coors Field. Like, that's that's pretty big to, to have, you know, and obviously the history with Hank Aaron and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. 
Was that also kind of a, a, a selling point that, you know, maybe Jason or kind of just you you just surveying the situation, playing at Carson Park and and kind of, you know, being a part of that history a little bit? Was I mean, your name's going to be next to Hank Aaron, you know, <laughs> yeah. guys, essentially. I got a lot of work to do if <laughs> right. that's going to happen. Um, yeah, I mean, that's my initial connection to Eau Claire, as crazy as it sounds, um, is coming up here for recruiting. Uh, is one of those things where it was – kind of close enough for a day trip um, and again with recruiting budgets those type of things you obviously want to at that time dominate the vicinity whether it's mm-hmm. 90 miles or whatever that would be um, and so that's my initial connection with Eau Claire and through that um, some of the names that I had kind of dropped earlier with you know, individuals that went to Memorial went to North went to Chippewa Falls right those connections started because of Carson Park mm-hmm. um, watching them play so that's something for me um, that's that's just been exciting. Yeah, absolutely. You know, Division Three. You know, and, and you know, I know in years past, and and or not that long ago too. But like when you look at Division Three in, in the Wyatt Conference, you know, when I think of baseball, I always think like Oshkosh. You know, mm-hmm. a few years ago up there, or or even Stevens Point. You, you know, I know uh, JP Fire Eisen, who's been a friend of the show. You know, yeah. playing for for them too. When you look at those Division Three schools in the Wyatt Conference. I think that's the one unique thing about baseball too is like it's you get that exposure at that level for for the major league draft or for those pro teams too. Definitely, and that's uh, that was one thing that I kind of kept going back and forth when it came to taking the job was the conference is so good. Yeah. So it's like I'm not afraid of competition by any means, but it's one of those things. It's like what are we gonna be able to do not to win the conference but just get in the conference tournament let's Mm -hmm. uh, let's keep it simple to start from a goal standpoint Um, but then hearing Jason Verdugo talk about his excitement coming to this conference uh, because again we're not afraid of competition Mm -hmm. kind of put me at ease a little bit Um, and again recruiting as long as I have I have we've unfortunately when I was at my old school when I say we lost a lot of individuals to lacrosse Stevens Point Oshkosh um so, again, I know how hard the other coaches in this league work, mm-hmm. so it's not just going to happen overnight. Um, I actually worked with a, a couple individuals who are coaches in the league, um, and it's going to take some time for sure. Uh, but, yeah, the conference itself ended up being a huge selling point for me mm-hmm. um, just because I know how good it is. And if you get in the top four of that conference tournament, you legitimately have a chance to go to the World Series and even win it. Yeah. Um, it's not like, a, well, you got to get first to make it type of thing. If you can get in the tournament, you just got to get hot for five days, and you just never know what's going to happen. Right. And do you think that's kind of unique, too, with, with baseball? Like, Division three, obviously, no scholarships like Division one. We kind of mm-hmm. talked a little about that earlier. But, you know, in terms of, like, pro potential and drafts, is that something you can tell these kids, or is that something you do tell these kids? Like, hey, if you've got these aspirations, you're still going to get noticed. You, you know, once in a while, yes, in football, there might be a Division three, you know, kid drafted or or undrafted gets invited to a camp. But how many times have we seen these players, you know, in Division three or in the Wyatt get well, drafted? And I think didn't UW Lacrosse just have mm-hmm. just have an alum of theirs? I don't know. If, I think he like started or got called up. Like yep. it's it's one of those things where it's not like unheard of, right? Right. And, and you think. You know the the overall narrative, which is, is terrible in my opinion, of oh it's a D three school they'll never make it. Like, is that something that you you think that I mean maybe not this year, but maybe I'm wrong. Maybe yes, but like, is that something that you eventually hope to you know kind of preach and and kind of gain interest? Yeah, uh, it, there's so many variables with the draft now, with obviously mm-hmm. it decreasing in rounds, um, and just the overall idea of minor league baseball kind of. The amount of teams is less, um, so it's, it's going to be even harder to get drafted. I wouldn't say that's going to be like my sales pitch by any right, means. Right. Um, but obviously knowing that individuals from the league have made it to the bigs, that's exciting. Um, and again, 
I got a little bit of a track record with a couple individuals that got drafted, and it wasn't because of me by any means. Uh, <laughs> it just happened to be we recruited really good student athletes. Um, mm-hmm. Had a kid from small town Wisconsin, Viroqua, get drafted, um, and then actually an individual that played for the Eau Claire Express, uh, Nick Harold, who's from oh. Coon Rapids. I recruited to Winona State. Um, he ended up actually just signing um, with the Giants. So there's nice. some pieces there that are exciting. Um, I wouldn't say it's going to be a part of my sales pitch by any means, but it's something right. that it's it's definitely there, and, and you're going to get opportunities here for sure. Right, absolutely. So you coming in, you know, Blue Gold's head baseball coach is, and you can tell me if I'm completely out of this, but it's like is there like one of your goals to maybe work in conjunction like with Dale in, in the Express because, you know, you, you're, you're getting these college kids – he coaches college kids in the summer. You know, is there like you hoping to develop a connection there? Maybe Legion ball there too. Is that something you're kind of hoping to really ingrain with, with this team too, and maybe help keep more of these local kids yeah, around all year long? Yeah, that's a, a great point and something that we talked a little bit about um, both Jason and myself, but then just administrative staff as well um, is trying to keep some of these people in the community. Obviously, knowing Dale and Mark, that's been great. I've connected with them quite a few times. They've been nothing but supportive of me. Mm-hmm. Um, so that is exciting as well. Uh, but, yeah, having those individuals to maybe do some of my dirty work when it <laughs> comes to seeing people for the first time, yep. uh, and then they can say, hey, you definitely need to see this individual with your own eyes, um, that will allow for me to hopefully get other opinions. And, again, mm-hmm. these individuals obviously know a lot about baseball more than myself. <laughs> um, so it's cool that I'll be able to kind of work with them. Now, Nick, uh, you probably could speak to this a little bit more too, but for a long time, a lot of fans wanted baseball back for, for UW-Eau Claire, and I'm sure you heard about it more than either one of us sitting in this room, and I'm sure a lot of it had to do because of the baseball history around here right. with, with that passion and that. Does that, has that ever come up in, in your mind, Patrick, too? Like, a lot of people want baseball to work here. Do you, you do you shy away from that? Does that does that even draw you more into that? How many phone calls job? have you gotten <laughs> saying yeah. you better? It's uh, honestly at first it was overwhelming. Like I, my number one goal was to talk to every student athlete on the team. I wanted to talk to them. I wanted to have their voice be heard to see what worked, what didn't work, what could I do to kind of help provide them some structure and some positivity. Um, and then it got to a point where it's like, what's next? What do I do next? And the amount of people who reached out who played here or knew somebody who played here um, or even connections that I didn't know at the time. Um, again, when I was at Winona State, the softball coach, Greg Jones, one of my great friends, um, an individual that I rely on a lot, had no clue. He went to school here, played baseball. Um, so pieces like that um, where people kind of came out of the woodwork to show support. Um, honestly, within the first 48 hours, it was one of those like, did I make the right move? Did I not make the right move? And with, literally within the four, first 48 hours, I told my wife, this was the right decision. I'm so happy that we made it. Absolutely. Would you like kind of take us back a few years ago when baseball wasn't here? Was that one of your biggest things you heard in the athletic department about requests or, or bringing the baseball team I back? I mean, the emails and even just like the the like we'd post a random random like softball tweet, right? Mm-hmm. And then somebody would com- comment, when are you bringing baseball back? It's like, that was out of the blue. Right. But, like, you, you get to remember, like, it was a very, very good program, mm-hmm. like, back in the day. Not to, you know, not back in the day, but, like, it was when before they, they you know, disbanded it, it was it was pretty good. And, mm-hmm. like, just, the again, the support from from the area and just and, – and that's the other thing. And, I, and I'm, I don't know if you've seen this yet, but I, you eventually will, is even these past, like, two, three years, you will get so many alum and just community – supporters that they don't care how the team is doing right mm-hmm. i mean again let's call spade a spade we brought it back 
haven't had you know haven't really started off well, kind of losing a couple tires, mm-hmm. but the support is there, and it's just to, to see to see blue gold student athletes in a uniform on a baseball diamond competing for you know the, the school the yep. brand. That's what people were missing, and when we brought it back, it was one of those things where. You know, we, we added men's soccer and we added women's lacrosse. Yeah. And it was one of those things in the department where we were like, well, we better bring back baseball because if we don't, then it's either going to be even more of a wildfire, right? <laughs> but it's, it's, again, it just, Eau Claire and baseball, it just makes sense, right? Mm-hmm. And so I think um, when, I, when, when uh, Dan Schumacher, the previous AD, brought it back, I think it was one of those things where it was just like, okay, it's, it's, it's time. We've, we've, we've gone enough time without it. Mm-hmm. Let's bring it back. And and here we go. Yep, uh, Patrick. So you've mentioned Jason, the the new AD, a, a few times here. He's got a baseball background too. Uh, you know, minor leagues and, and playing at the college level there too. Is that something you can kind of see? You know, going down the line, you guys spitballing. You know, maybe talking some some baseball. You know, outside of your normal you know conversations or something like that. Yeah, that definitely. Uh, that's definitely helpful for me, mm-hmm. um, especially when you're playing baseball in potentially cold weather. Sometimes there's some variables that maybe some outsiders don't fully understand um Mm -hmm. that's huge knowing that he's gonna have my back with that right um but he was very clear early on like i went into administration for a reason i'm gonna let you coach i'm not gonna be the one that's telling you what to do Mm -hmm. uh, when it comes to the x and o's of baseball um but to be able to rely on him because he's lived it Mm -hmm. um he's run a program uh, at this level as well to see kind of what worked for him and what didn't is going to be great for me i think he'll be a fantastic mentor for me absolutely all right i got lightning round questions now i don't know if you've uh, heard about this nick is waiting your time's coming man (laughs) uh but uh just some random questions uh kind of easy going ones okay except for the first one i got for you okay it's a big topic in baseball, at least it was at the beginning of the year. You in favor of the pitch clock or no? Yeah, I'm a big pace of play guy. Obviously, yep. I want to have good pace. Yep. Um, hopefully, it gets to a point where you can just teach your guys to play with pace and then you won't mm-hmm. need a pitch clock. Um, but I understand why why they're doing it. Yeah. yeah. Banning the shift? Because um, you were an infielder too, right, in your playing days? Yeah. I, I, I don't, I'm not a big ban the shift guy. I get why they're doing it again. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, just learn how to play better yeah <laughs> i like that that's awesome learn how to hit where there aren't guys yeah. on the field yeah. like, this is part of is that. it that hard yeah oh, it, it definitely is <laughs> yeah because there's a reason why i'm coaching and not playing so it was that hard it definitely was that hard. of course that's me the, the kid that you know gave it up in seventh grade, seventh grade. Go golf yeah, right? right yeah so no I, again i just think there's some pieces of it that i get make sense at that higher level but mm-hmm. i i feel that um College baseball and MLB baseball are almost two different sports, realistically, as weird as that sounds. Just the high-level velocity, high-level, all those things that are just different than Mm -hmm. here. Um, And that's okay. When you're not coaching or involved in baseball, what's your next hobby or what are you doing in your downtime? Probably a little bit that you you actually get. Hanging out with my family. Mm -hmm. Uh, For sure, hanging out with my wife and kids. Um, Super fortunate. My parents are retired. Heather's. Uh, parents semi-retired, so they get to hang out with us quite a bit, um, and I would pick that every single time. Awesome, hanging out with them. Awesome. Favorite movie? Because uh, there's a lot of baseball ones, so I'm curious yeah, if you go baseball. Uh, you were here. talking earlier about movies, um, and my wife will agree with this. I have like 
the shortest attention span in the world. So as soon as a movie's turned on, I fall asleep. Um, <laughs> so when it comes to favorite movie, I actually don't even know if I have a favorite movie. Really? Because I probably watched less than five movies in my life. Wow. I- anything with maybe Will Ferrell. Um, okay. So he's he's hilarious. Okay. So, well, yeah. that takes away one question. What are you streaming? Because you're probably not streaming <laughs> anything right now. Yeah, no, honestly, uh, this is another kind of um, characteristic or quality that's maybe a little embarrassing, but I actually like watching Bravo TV. Okay. Um, so any of those like housewife shows, all that kind of stuff, my yep. wife and I enjoy. Nice. Um, and I, I'm... I can I can say that I'm I'm confident. In who I like I, am, it. So. I like yes. the confidence right now. Yeah, man. Bravo TV. Yeah, yeah. Like Coach Erickson with America's Got Talent. That's yeah. right. Yeah. yeah if I, I like could it. pick anything again, you had mentioned movie, but if I were to go TV show, um, definitely the. It's, I don't think I've had a new season for a while, but Vanderpump Rules. Oh yeah, yes. my shows. Yep. Yeah, I'm a big, big fan of that. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So you said I uh, grew up in Iowa, you know Iowa City. So favorite uh, Major League Baseball team. Yeah, I'd say the White Sox. And Ooh, I know that's I weird thought, up here. I thought you were yeah, go Cubs it's really weird up here. First, yeah, um, and it's more so all on my dad. My dad was a huge White Sox guy. Yep. Um, so anytime we'd go somewhere to watch sports that wasn't Hawkeyes, um, mm-hmm. we'd go to a lot of White Sox games. You looked um, really disappointed yeah. at that I, too. I, I <laughs> yeah. thought when you came in, you had said Twins. No, so, and what I was going to say, living in Minnesota and having the Twins on so often now, mm-hmm. the Twins are probably my favorite team to watch mm-hmm. um, because they're on the most. Um, but I would say when it comes to if I were to go buy a hat, I'd probably end up buying a White Sox hat. That was That's actually my, that was yeah. my first uh, favorite team as a kid too for baseball, yeah. and it was because Frank Thomas. Oh yeah, I had a White Sox hat. But it was always because WGN, so it was either Cubs or White Sox was always on the TV. And I'm like, well, I don't like the Cubs, so I'm going to go White Sox. Because White Sox, yeah. I knew Frank Thomas. Yeah. Yeah. So and, then, and that time frame, they were they were really good. Yep. Um, they had some big-time names. Yeah. So. I remember playing, like, RBI baseball and Nintendo. And, you know, it was like, uh, was it, uh, oh, I want to say Thigpen? I don't know if that was right. Oh, yeah, Bobby Thigpen. Yeah. yeah. Like, his ERA was like one-something yeah. on RBI baseball. Yeah. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm always the White yeah. Sox. I think there are two thick pens, actually, if I remember correctly. But, yeah. Yeah. I was, so, yeah, I was, a, I was a first-time White Sox fan, yeah, too. I love it. So, Big Hurt Man. That's yes. right. Yeah. Uh, favorite food? Favorite food? Um, I would say anything that's uh, Mexican food. I'm a big Mexican okay. food guy. Um, so, you and Jason really are going to hit yeah, it yeah. off. Yeah. <laughs> Got a couple, <laughs> couple spots that I really like. Um, embarrassingly, still, my parents bring up... Uh, La Casa, chips and salsa and, and queso up to our house quite a bit. Nice. Um, that's my Iowa City spot. Um, but yeah, I'm looking looking forward. I've, I've got a couple of reviews already of places here in Eau Claire. Perfect. Um, once the family moves up, we will definitely be frequenting Mexican restaurants. I like it. Uh, favorite baseball memory maybe in your younger days or as a kid or as a coach? Oh, that's a good question. Baseball. Mm. I would say um, just the excitement of high school baseball. Um, and again, not one specific game necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um, but in Iowa, you play summer baseball. Um, and it's one of those things where you don't have a whole lot of other things going on. So it's, uh, maybe a part-time job for some, maybe some relax in the morning, but then you go and you go to baseball and you're there for three, four hours a day. Mm-hmm. Um, that would say it might just come of the early on excitement of high school baseball is one that pushed me to want to play in college, which obviously led me to want to coach in college as well. Absolutely. What would you say, who, and you kind of touched on a little bit earlier, but maybe your biggest influence in your baseball career. Was there somebody or maybe a couple people that really stood out to you as your biggest influence? I'd say my playing days, for sure, my dad, um, my mom as well. She's just always in the stands, always super supportive. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't think she actually missed a college game. Um, So from that standpoint, my parents, um, from a coaching standpoint, um, I would say kind of a combination of quite a few people. Kyle Polk, the former head coach at Winona State, 
uh, my college coach, Carl Tebon at Loris College, and then just a couple of guys that were at Iowa City, Regina, or at high school, but Andy Gann and Ubi Martinez. Um, there were four that definitely have had my back through this entire process, and it's mm-hmm. cool to be able to reach out to them, call them, rely on them, and get some information from them too. I know we just started the fall season, but like – I had a conversation with which, with Coach Polk when we were going yeah. over, um, you know, just just chatting about you you coming here, and he said he's going to make it to some games this spring, and I'm yeah. excited to meet that man because he from the way that you talk about yeah. him and just having a brief conversation with yeah. him on the phone, he seems like one of the best. Yeah, he's a straight shooter, that's for sure. Uh, and what's crazy is actually coming on campus today. Um, I got a little bit of a break. He happens to be up in Rhinelander, Wisconsin. He's coming oh, down, nice. so we're going to walk around campus and. Should essentially show them why I took this job. So well, you'll have to that. stop by the office. Yeah, we'll do that. Absolutely. <laughs> so, two part question, kind of. Uh, who's your favorite player when you were a kid, and whose batting stance did you emulate when you were a kid? Because oh, wow. um, we all did it at one point, right? Yeah, we tried, for sure. yeah. yeah. So I was a left-handed hitter, so I tried to emulate a lot of lefties. And obviously, growing up, Ken Griffey Jr. Yep. was kind of probably both of those. Well, one of my favorite players, yep. and obviously tried to emulate that swing uh, again. Didn't emulate it very well <laughs> um, based off my statistics, but uh, did, my, did my best to try and be cool like him, mm-hmm. that's for sure. Did you do, try doing one, Nick, when you uh, were yeah, baseball? Yeah, Phil Mickelson. That was, <laughs> that was my batting stance because I hit under everything, and then it transferred great to golf. That's awesome, <laughs> that's awesome man. Uh, so I asked this, and I, you know, it, 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 it varies. Do you have a favorite book? Um, we're finding out who Again, actually I'm studied a, in school yeah. or not with these podcasts too. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, I'm not I'm not sounding very exciting right now. No, not much Don't of a worry. movie guy. Rob did either. either. Yeah, not no, much of a book guy. <laughs> um, yeah, that's uh, I'm drawing a blank right now. See, Nick part. says he's got one. When I do the lightning round with him, he's I asked him if he's got a favorite book, and he hasn't told me yet. So at least I know I've. Well, got what one. I haven't told you, it's like probably one of the only. Books I remember okay, reading, so that's fair too. So <laughs> it's a pretty easy answer. Is it like me. boxcar children no, or something? No. <laughs> I would say right now in the current kind of state of my life with two young kids, um, it'd be any Peppa Pig book, so oh. I can read it to my daughter at bedtime. But uh, don't tell my wife about <laughs> Peppa Pig. <laughs> uh, did you have a superstition when you were playing in your playing days? Like, because you know we know about superstitious, you know. Yeah routines or anything like that? Did you yeah. have anything like that? When I'm glad my mom is not here right now because she would laugh very hard at this question because she was always like, you're a little OCD when you're playing baseball. <laughs> your pants have to be at the perfect length. Your wristbands, your sleeves, they all got to be at the same spot. Um, I was uh, kind of a quirky baseball player for sure, yeah. uh, but I definitely liked when I was hitting to have a very uh, smooth and clean batter's box. Um, so, again, did a couple – Mm-hmm. rub downs with my feet essentially um to flatten it out and make it look good um but yeah i, I did a lot of kind of quirky stuff to mm-hmm. just feel comfortable as weird as that sounds did you wear knee high socks or were you the pants like pants all the way down or, yeah i was uh, a pants pants uh down to the ankles yeah. uh, be- mainly because that's what was popular at the time right uh, like that was the time frame when like manny ramirez was wearing super baggy they're yeah. almost like sweatpants yep um and at that time i feel like when i was in college and high school it really wasn't the cool thing to do to go pants yep. at the knees. Um, so, yeah, yeah, it was more down to the ankle. Yep, that's kind of the same wheelhouse I think yeah. all of us are in that same area there too. So yeah. uh, before I let you go then too, uh, just just a couple more questions here. I don't know, Nick, if you had any more or anything like that. But, you know, heading into here, I mean, you know, everybody will say, well, how excited are you? I mean, every, I mean, come on now. You've you got to be excited <laughs> right. to heading into your fir- first sure. year here. But, you know, and I'm sure people are going to ask you for your goals, you know, five and, and all that sort of stuff. But, 
you know, has it really sunk into you yet, though, that you are the head coach for for Blue Gold Baseball right now? Or is it still kind of like you're still in that honeymoon phase? Sort yeah, of definitely thing? in the honeymoon stage and still um, with the timing of things, with st- students not being around until today, mm-hmm. um, at least consistently. That part has kind of been like I feel like I'm just getting stuff done in the office and doing as much recruiting as possible. Um, we have a team meeting coming up here this Thursday. I think at that point in time when I address the team, it'll it'll really sink in, whether it's at that time or when I'm back at my place, uh, once I actually realize and see, see their faces. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I don't know if it's necessarily sunk in because of how much stuff I've had to do yep. <laughs> when it comes to uh, recruiting and retaining the student-athletes to obviously go into the next step of recruits, um, mm-hmm. getting some kids on campus. Um, to again, just the support that I've received. I feel like I was joking with my wife. I feel like I go to lunch every single day out to eat, which is fine. Um, that's not really who I am, but it's cause there's so many people who have reached out and said, Hey, let's connect. Um, which is awesome. And, and felt mm-hmm. made me feel really supported. That is awesome. I did forget to ask one question though, for lightning round favorite music. Um, I'd probably say country. Okay. Yeah. You're, you're in the right area then. You're going to fit yep. in, yeah. Yeah, you're going to fit yeah. in. So I didn't know if there was like a pump-up. Do you have a certain pump-up one that, you know? Uh, again, another guilty pleasure. Um, I'm a big pit bull guy, um, which is Mr. Weird. Worldwide. Yeah, yeah. Mr. 305. <laughs> which is embarrassing. Um, and the guys uh, in the past at Winona State would laugh at me on this one, but Anytime there wasn't a ton of energy at practice, you throw some pit bull on. Next thing you know, everybody's excited to be there. So there's uh, uh, a guilty pleasure. We got a radio guy here. His name's Luke. He can do that. I can't roll the R sort of thing. Uh, the woo thing. Yeah, he I does it to can. a T. Yeah. So next time I see you, I'm going to have Luke with me so he can it. do that. Uh, Hilarious. Or if you need a guy to do that over the loudspeaker, yeah. he can do that at your <laughs> Well, at your come this spring, there. there will be lots of pit bulls <laughs> out at Carson Park. Sure. That will definitely be making the playlist. Yeah. Hey, I've got it on my Spotify. I'm yeah. not afraid. i got a yeah. couple pit bulls yeah. songs on there, too. So, But, uh, Patrick, this was a lot of fun kind of getting to know you uh, a little bit more, too. Like I said, I mean, we had Dale Varsho in a couple months ago, right before, and he just wouldn't stop talking. It was shortly yeah. after you, you got hired, and he was – pumped up too i mean he's obviously been around for a long time and baseball here so i i mean to hear him talk about you too and how excited he was for for the kids in that program it's I'm like okay it sounds like they got a good one and just kind of talking to you a little bit here too it's the energy that that, that personality really yeah. stands out no, too. i appreciate that it's, it's exciting times for the program um, definitely exciting times for my family i'm ready to get to work absolutely yeah this is gonna be good man this is we're we're in a good spot absolutely we're in a very good spot and again kind of to bring it all full circle it's exactly why we wanted to do rob and patrick right away mm-hmm. because yes they're new to the chippewa valley but i mean give it two or three months and you guys you're going to be fitting in just just with everybody everybody else here on campus and the season vets and stuff like that i mean even where your offices and you and i've chatted yeah. about this your office you got you know national championship yeah. Winning coach Kim Woody on one side, you know, multiple national championship winning coach Leslie Huntington yeah. on the other. You got quite the no, no pressure at all. On that one. <laughs> quite the quite yeah. the peers around you, but that's the other thing is like, if you ever you know, and we talked about this, if you ever have questions or anything like that, it's literally just a knock on the door. And, mm-hmm. and yeah, the support I've received from that kind of hallway of coaches has been awesome. Literally, anytime I'm in, they'll just stop in and say, "Hey, you need anything? How's everything going?" Um, from, so from a support standpoint of other coaches on campus, mm-hmm. I've been shocked at how comfortable they've been. Of just, That's awesome. What, what do you need? What, what mm-hmm. can I do? What can I do to make this easier for you? Because um, they all go back to, I remember what it was like when I started mm-hmm. um, and just kind of how challenging it is, at least immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and then with that too, just kind of a shout out to the athletic department staff as well. They've been awesome to me, mm-hmm. been helpful. Um, again, I'm coming in with probably what they would think is a lot of dumb questions because <laughs> they probably answered them a lot. Um, for me, it's first time doing it. So just from Robin to Amanda to Claire to Nick, um, mm-hmm. I'm sure I'm missing some others, but just awesome to, to have them be so helpful to me. Um, cause it's clear they want us to win. They want yeah. us to be successful. They want us to give a great experience to the student athletes. So to have the support from the staff, um, and the administration and also coaching staff has yeah. been really cool you know nick just to kind of wrap it up too you know you mentioned with with patrick and, and rob but then the veterans like leslie huntington and kim woody ambassadors for the athletic program could you ask for better ambassadors no you couldn't that? and again it, it all comes down to everybody has the same mindset and the same goal providing the best experiences we can for these student athletes and it's it's not just their own student athletes right mm-hmm. i mean Leslie coming over and, and talking with Patrick about, you know, sound the tag or, or even just I'm sure you've bounced some recruiting questions and oh, visits yeah. off off of her, you know. Like that's we want we want as much as we want as much as those coaches want to see their own team succeed, they want to see everybody else succeed at that high level too. Mm-hmm. And that's what is just just amazing about this department and I don't think too many people know, but the more and more we get in, into these stories and we talk with more and more coaches it'll be more adamant. Like Everybody bleeds blue and gold around here. Like it's mm-hmm. that's what it is, and everybody's happy when when everybody else is happy too. Yeah, because how many times uh, you hear at like other Division One schools, you know, a lot of this basketball coaches and you know arguing with their football coach or something like that. Not the case here. Well, and yeah. it's it's not. Even, I mean, and just think of like for Division Three shared spaces, right? When Sonate mm-hmm. comes up. Baseball's going to be in there, softball's going to be in there, football's going to be in there, both soccer teams are going to be in there, women's lacrosse, not to mention, I'm sure, our strength and performance staff will will do a little bit of work out on the turf, too. Like, everybody's sharing, you know, facilities, and, like, you can't have people butting heads when it comes to that, because right. that's just a recipe for disaster, so. Exactly. Yeah, it's it's a special place, and we're very fortunate, and mm-hmm. again, I think you, Heather, the kids, are, y'all are going to fit in perfectly. Awesome. I appreciate it. Yeah, I appreciate the support. This has been really fun. Yeah, absolutely. Pra- Patrick, until next time, man, we'll get you on again before the season starts, okay, sir? Sounds good. Looking forward to it. Thanks a lot. You got it. That's going to do it for this week's episode of the Rollin' with the Golds podcast. Don't forget to follow and subscribe to the Rollin' with the Golds podcast on your favorite podcasting platforms like Apple and Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Big thanks to Coach Patrick Riley for joining us on this episode. And for Nick Hoven, I'm Dan Casper, and we will talk to you on the next episode of Rollin' with the Golds.